there at some point was that they felt very, very strongly about Eretz Yisrael. And they, their, their taina was, Lama Yigara, why should we lose out, right? Why, just because we're women, should we lose out on inheriting Eretz Yisrael, right? What do married women, right, they inherit with their husbands. So they don't lose out. So because we don't have husbands, therefore we should lose out. Because we don't have husbands, we should not inherit the land when we have a perfectly good plot of land that belonged to our father sitting right there that we're living on. I'm Shani Cooper, and you're listening to the Jewish Women Podcast, where we discuss biblical women and see what they can teach us about being a Jewish woman in this big, confusing world. Today, we're discussing the daughters of Tzlafchad. Who were they? Why are they mentioned? Why are they important? And why is understanding their story so crucial to our leading happy, fulfilled lives? I want to talk about Benos Tzlafchad today, and there's no real connection to the parts or anything. It's just because I want to, um, because I like them, because they're cool ladies. So Benos Tzlafchad is in Parshish Pinchas, and basically the, the story is that you have these five daughters, Tzlafchad, okay, just to talk about Tzlafchad for a minute, he was the Mekoshesh Eitzim, right? For everyone familiar with that story, he was he was the guy who, you know, um, the second Shabbos after Matan Torah, he was Mechal Shabbos, Befar Hesiah, and then he was, you know, killed for that. So he had five daughters, he had no sons. So his daughters, right, were then his father, their father was killed and they were living alone. They were adults, but they were living, you know, together on their father's land. And they approached Moshe Rabbeinu and they said, you know, we have no brothers and there's no son to inherit the land. So we want to inherit. So Moshe was like, you're girls. So they're like, that's not. <laughs> so Moshe Rabbeinu was like, well, I don't know the halacha. So we had to ask. So he asked Hashem what the halacha was. And Hashem said, let them be yoris. But for this generation, they should marry within their shebet. Um, and that wasn't the halacha b'chlal. It was just for the, for the for this generation, they should marry in their shebet. But from now on, if you have a, if you have a man who has only daughters, his, his daughters are allowed to inherit, provided he has no sons. So there are several, so that, that's, the, that's the story in a nutshell, right? That's the whole incident. It's like sort of like a little teeny blip in like Parshas Pinchas. It's like a little parenthesis in Parshas Pinchas. It's like this little incident, right? But I love it because I feel like there's so much to take out of it and there's so much to learn from it. So the first question is, why did Moshe Rabbeinu not, like, there's a bunch of questions that we can ask. Like, how could, how could it be that Moshe Rabbeinu didn't know the halacha, right? And also, like, what is it that we're trying to, what, like, what lesson are we learning from this whole incident? It seems, it's, it's obviously not insignificant, the fact that girls can be yorish, but it is sort of random, you know, it's like not, it doesn't have anything really to do with the surrounding, you know, the precious pinchas and the surrounding, yeah, plot. And, and so, so it's a very interesting, it's a very interesting, the whole incident, right? So, Benos Slavchad, there at some point was that they felt very, very strongly about Eretz Yisrael. And they, their, their taina was, Lama Yigara, why should we lose out, right? Why, just because we're women, should we lose out on inheriting Eretz Yisrael, right? What do married women, right, they inherit with their husbands. So they don't lose out. So because we don't have husbands, therefore we should lose out. Because we don't have husbands, we should not inherit the land when we have a perfectly good plot of land that belonged to our father sitting right there that we're living on. So there, so, so what was Hashem's point, right? 
that that what was so so the, the re, why did Moshe not know the halacha? Right. The reason why Moshe did not know the halacha is more of a point that Hashem wanted the halacha to be brought out dafka through the Bnei Slavchad. So what was it about the Bnei Slavchad that made that that was so important that the halacha dafka be brought about through them? Now the medrash the medrash says that in the midbar the women were goder the pirtos of the men, meaning they patched up the holes of the men. What does that mean? The holes in the avoda of the men. So you have the chet ha'egel, the women did not participate. You have the meraglim, right? The women did not participate. You have, and then you have the spinos lachan, where the women came and made a point about Eretz Yisrael. Common sense, a lot of common sense. It, well, to us it seems like common sense, but right. apparently it's not to everyone. <laughs> but to us that's the way. But yeah, because, yeah, it's, it, we, we just, women, women we, what we did is we helped the men just get their acts together. So the so the women right were a, were a tremendous part of the essential growth of God Israel right the fact that we didn't participate in all of these of all of these sins and that we also there's there's like tons of examples if you look through also you know like with the mirrors and the tribe and the mirrors and you have like all these examples of like women stepping up to the plate and fixing all these problems that men like create basically and you have basically like their the, the women approached uh, they approached everything with a with an and an Amunakamim that sometimes the men tended to lack. So so because because they were such a big part of the positive development of Qal Yisrael, then Hashem wanted them, so then Hashem allowed them, it's not that he, he allowed them, right, to reveal this halacha about Eretz Yisrael. So it was it was a schar for them, right? That they revealed the halacha. Now my husband has a pshat that what was that he said about specifically about Beno Slavcha, right? Beno Slavcha were not married. They were forty years in the desert, and most of those forty years they were single and sitting at home. This incident happened towards the very end of the forty years. Now this is the part about Beno Slavcha that I love. Okay, this is this is the part of Beno Slavcha that I find extremely inspiring. They sat at home for forty years, right? Right, and they're they're. Basically, waiting to get married, right? They were waiting to get married because they knew that the halacha was they couldn't be Yorish, right? And they knew that they they really wanted a partner to Israel. And so they figured they'll get married, right? They were older, single, eligible women. And they figured they'll get married and they'll be Yorish with their husbands. But they weren't getting married. And they were just single for years and years and years. 40 years is a long time to be single. They didn't start out at birth, right? They started out at marriageable age, plus 40. So that's a really long time to be in the market, you know? And so they were just, they were they were they were single and then they realized after many years that maybe there's a part of our avoda that needs to be done now before we're married and they looked around and they said why should we wait for something that's going that may or may not happen in the future if Hashem has put us in this of now that means that there's something that he wants from us now so what is it that he wanted he wanted them to reveal the halacha that was what he wanted from them now this Okay, now the, I love this. I think this is incredibly amazing because it because there's so much to take out of it for us, right? We we first of all, okay, just to tie this into Shavuos, right? Right now we're in Sfiras Omer and we're leading up to Shavuos right now. We have you know we 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 all husbands you know and we have like we're looking around and we're seeing all the men around us who who work up to and have a very clear chelik in Torah. And what's our chelik in Torah? What's our chelik in Shavuos, right? And I, when I was thinking of Shavuos, my chelik in Shavuos is cooking. But I can, I can go to 
was sheer, but like, it's not, the question is, is like, the question is, is, is the, I'm not going to sit and learn all night. I'm just not. Maybe I could. I have done that in the past. But when I'm doing that in the past, it's more like, I, it doesn't really feel, it doesn't really feel like it's your, like, like it's your my life. thing. Like it. Yeah. It feels like sort of like I'm trying to do what the men are doing because I have nothing else to do kind of thing. But it doesn't really feel like my thing. But the point is, is that, is that if Hashem, Hashem puts us all in every situation that we're in is the situation that we're meant to be in. So therefore, as a woman, there's, there is a chalak for me in Torah. And the question is, how do you find it? Right. And every person needs to find it. And it's not just, for, it's not just for Torah and for Shavuos. It's also in every situation in our lives we're in that situation for a very specific reason and a very specific purpose and it's not just with marriage right like this class originally I gave to my girls like my seminary girls at the end of the year right because seminary girls at the end of the year are all like oh we're going to go home and start to do it so I'm very much like you can't <laughs> no yes go and start to do it but don't like don't spend your life waiting to be married because yes, you might be married in a year, but you may not. And you can't spend the rest. Like, what if you're not married for six years? Okay. What if you're not married till you're 26 or 27 years old? So then they all start like crying. They're like, no, no, you know what? But you know what? You have a lot to, you can accomplish. You don't need to be married to start your life. And so we might all be married in this room, but it doesn't matter because there are, we are always a lot. I, I find that I know this for myself. You're always waiting for the next thing. Thing, right, you're always waiting for the next thing. This is going to happen soon, and then I'm going to do this, right? But doesn't it's not. And not only is it not necessary, but if we're in this situation now, then that means that there's something that we need to be doing now. And it means that if you, and it could be that situation will happen soon. But then when you're in that situation, that's a new avoda. But if you're in this situation, that means that you have to really. Like, you have to really figure out what is your avoda for the here and the now.